Welcome to chapter 3, verse 50. Hey guys, I'm back. This is episode two, taking ownership of our own prison. So last week I gave you an introduction into who I am, a little bit of my story, why I've started this whole podcast, all of it. Um, And one of the things that I talked about last week was the prison I felt that I lived in for a long period of time. And I really kind of want to go into more detail about that. I feel like in a lot of our lives, we can create a prison for ourselves. And it it's not the same kind of prison as what I spoke about last week. Although I'm going to kind of touch on that a little bit today. Um, but anything can become a prison. So I think it's important for us to kind of sit there and think about what grips us. What controls us. Because to me, that's what a prison is. Last week I told you about a little bit about my marriage. Um, It was a very loveless relationship for many, many years. It's kind of embarrassing, but, you know, it is what it is. I was married to a man who just didn't want me in any sense of the word. And it became very difficult living in a situation where... You know, you live with somebody and you can tell that they have no love for you. Or at least that was my perception. And I'm going to call it that. It was my perception that he didn't want me. He didn't love me. And that was that. I mean, obviously I'm not in his head. So I don't know what was going on in his head as far as what he felt for me. You know, anything. He never communicated that to me. Communication is such a huge factor in any marriage. Actually, in any relationship, if we want to be honest. And that is something I want to talk about in another episode when we're talking about friendship. But that's for later. But communication is so vital to any marriage. And we didn't have it. I remember asking him, hey, Penny, for your thoughts. And he would be like, I don't have any thoughts. Like, really? You're you're not thinking anything at all? There's nothing going through your head at all. Or is it that you just don't trust me with your thoughts or care enough about our relationship to share your thoughts with me? I don't know. Being the talker that I am, which is why I'm doing podcast, <laughs> um, I it, it's I struggled with that. I struggled with the fact that he didn't want to share himself with me. I mean, I don't know what his deepest desires are. I don't know. I never knew. I never knew. And I'm not sure that he ever knew about mine either because it's not something we ever really talked about. Now that I think about it, 
we never sat and had conversations about how we see the future or what we want to accomplish in life or what our future look like as a couple or even as individuals. Wow. I think I just had an epiphany. How crazy is that? That you are sharing your life with someone and you're not having these discussions. I mean, you pledge your life to live forever, you know, until death do us part. Yet, you don't really want to talk about what that looks like or how you feel about it. You just want to go through everyday life. And I think that's probably one of the things I really struggled with. You know, our communication was such a key factor for me or lack of communication was such a key factor for me. And I'm wondering if that was what was the turnoff for him. You know, as women, most women, not all women, let me just put that out there. But most women, especially the ones that I know, we like to talk. We need to talk. We need to discuss our feelings and we need to get things out and just put it out there because if we don't we kind of get burdened down with all of it and it builds up men most men not all men let's just put that out there really don't care to talk about things like us women do most of us women and i know he's not a talker He doesn't talk much at all to anyone that I'm aware of. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Maybe he had a whole bunch of friends that I was completely unaware of, and he let it all out with them. (laughs) That would be my luck. (laughs) Uh, Ah, yes, I'm making light of it because, I don't know, that whole hindsight 2020 thing is rearing its ugly head again, and you know, maybe this could explain a lot of why our marriage ended. And living with someone who, for me, doesn't like to talk, it became a real struggle. We couldn't see eye to eye on so many different things, and he just chose to kind of put me at arm's length. So I chose to put him at an even greater length. Many years ago, I ended up starting to sleep in our spare room because it got to be such a struggle to sleep next to somebody who I felt really didn't want me. And You know, so I would walk around the house embarrassed because, oh, I slept in the spare room again. Or, you know, and I think that's where I started to uh, avoid him a lot is out of embarrassment. I was really embarrassed at where our marriage was starting to go. I mean, it's awful when you don't want to sleep with your husband, but it doesn't, it's not because you don't desire him. 
It's not because you don't care about him. It's because you feel like you're undesirable and because you're unloved. I was unloved, felt unloved, felt undesirable. Then we have the other aspect, our children. You know, we have a son and a daughter and they were young when all of this was starting and you know it was embarrassing also for them to see me not sleeping in the same room with dad you know because other families parents sleep together they all have their you know saturday morning cartoons like we used to do in you know in bed watching cartoons together having family time you know all that good stuff just like all families do and that really just kind of got shut down super fast but the thing is he never asked me why i left our bedroom he didn't ask me that question and we never talked about it until we did go to some counseling we did do some counseling and you know I was asked by the counselor if I would be willing to go back into our bedroom, which I did. And, you know, we had our homework assignments to do and and I did my best. I think he did the best he could, but it didn't feel like he was making an effort. Of course, that could be my perception. You know, his perception could be something different. In fact, I do remember him saying that he was upset. One of the things he really wanted from me was to call him at work so that I could just say, hey, just check in with him for the day, which kind of stunned me a little bit. I was like, really? You want me to call you at work? You're working. Why would you want me to interrupt your day? But, you know, hey, okay, I can do that. So I would call and and it was a struggle at first because it's not something I wanted to do. It wasn't something I felt comfortable doing. But And maybe this is my fault, but I'd call him and I'm like, Hey, I'm doing my homework assignment. How are you today? And maybe I didn't have to say I'm doing my homework assignment. But I did because I felt awkward about the fact that, you know, I'm calling him at work when I really wasn't certain that's truly what he wanted but I was going with it because that's what he said he wanted I don't think I trusted that which is probably why I would make the statement hey I'm doing my homework assignment and that bothered him he did tell me once that it bothered him that I felt like it was a homework assignment to which I responded it is I mean this isn't a natural thing for me to call you at work or want to call you at work. It's not something we do. We don't call each other. I mean, for real, we don't call each other. We didn't call each other and check on each other during the day. Unless he was like late getting home super late, I would text him to say, hey, are you okay? But like, I remember times where (laughs) I would be off with a friend of mine and her children And I would have our daughter and my son was gone for the summer and he, my car was in the driveway. 
he didn't know where we were, we'd be at Bush Gardens having fun. And he didn't know because my car was there, but we weren't there. But he never once called to check on me. And I think that's why it really kind of surprised me that that's what he wanted because he never did that for me. I don't know. This is a little weird. So from there, my embarrassment at where our marriage was going became frustration. Frustration over the lack of love, over the lack of commitment to try to make it work. Um, Frustration over our discussions. Our discussions got heated and volatile sometimes. I mean, not to the point where I was hitting or he was hitting. There was no physical, you know, abuse or anything like that. But he wanted his voice to be heard and he would make sure I heard it, which is weird because he's not a talker. But in his frustration and his his anger, he needed to talk and he needed me to hear it. And I was going to hear it whether I liked it or not. But he didn't reciprocate. He didn't allow me to talk. Which is another episode. We'll, we'll talk about that in depth later in another time. That's not what today is about. So I'm frustrated now. I'm frustrated at the fact that I can't talk to him. I'm frustrated at the fact that he doesn't care that I'm not sleeping next to him. I'm frustrated at the fact that, you know, we're fighting. Everything really just sucks. Then frustration becomes anger. I don't know if any of you have ever traveled a, a journey somewhat like this. I'm sure someone out there has. And it doesn't even have to be in a marriage. It could be with a friendship. Because I've traveled this type of a road with friendships as well. But, you know, I went from frustration to anger and bitterness. I was so angry. And every little thing he did made me angry. The fact that he was walking (laughs) downstairs made me angry because then I felt like I couldn't go downstairs because he was there and I didn't want to talk to him because I didn't want to fight with him. Yes, I was super angry and my anger sort of fueled me into creating the prison I later found myself in. And it wasn't because he did that. He didn't make me leave the bedroom. He didn't inquire as to why, but he also didn't make me. That was a choice I made. And from there, it just kind of spiraled out of control. Um, Other choices that I made was not to see him. I didn't want to see him. And therefore, it made my prison even smaller 
because not only before did I have like a whole house that I could walk into and I, I was free and it was my home and I could do whatever I wanted to there. But now I'm limiting myself to not going into what we call his bedroom now. And now because he's walking around downstairs, I can't go downstairs. So I have to be upstairs in my bedroom, which that's really what I did. I stopped inviting him to things. I remember we would go out to the beach during the summertime because y- y'all know, I don't know if you remember, I'm a teacher. Summers were great. And we would live it up during the summertime. And I'd go out to the beach with friends. And my friends would invite their husbands in the evening. And I would invite him. And he came once. But he stopped coming after that because he was like, I don't know these people. I'm not comfortable. That was always his go-to. I'm not comfortable because I don't know them. Well, you're never going to get to know them. You're never going to be comfortable if you don't get to know them. And these people were important people in my life. We had uh, traveled our own journey. Our children were all in gymnastics together, competition gymnastics. So we've done you know, traveling around the state of Virginia. I mean, it was, we built some great lasting friendships from this. And even though our girls weren't in gymnastics together any longer, we kept these friendships and we would keep doing things together outside of gymnastics. And it was fun, but he chose, he chose, that was his prison. He chose to not be a part of the things that made me feel good and important and fun he didn't like that um i stopped cooking dinner i love cooking in fact i have just sort of rediscovered my passion for cooking since moving into my apartment oh my gosh the other night I ended up making homemade pasta. Oh my goodness. I haven't made homemade pasta in a long time. And I used to do it a lot because I love homemade, fresh homemade pasta. Oh, so good. I like making things from scratch. I grew up in a home, (laughs) funny story, childhood story. Um, My mom, she worked in a deli. So, of course, she hated cooking when she came home from work because it's what she did for a living. And she made this one meal. Holy cow, it was the best meal she ever made. And I was like, Mom, this is such a good dinner. This is like the best dinner you've ever cooked. And she looked at me and she goes, Murray, it's Hamburger Helper. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So that was the home I grew up in. Kraft macaroni and cheese, hamburger helper, you know, anything quick and easy. That was, that was, now my mom did make certain things from scratch. Like she used to make these tuna croquettes. Oh my gosh, I haven't had those in so many years. I wouldn't even know how to make them right now. I remember she had the deep fryer, but that was like a special treat. That was maybe once or twice a year. Usually it was hamburger helper or Kraft macaroni and cheese or stuffed peppers. Ugh, I hate stuffed peppers. I have a mental allergy to peppers. Yeah, I'd eat the stuffing, but not the peppers. Anyway, I digress. 
So because I grew up on all these boxed foods and everything, I married a man whose mom would make everything from scratch. And I found that fascinating. So I learned how to start making things from scratch. And I was like, wow, this is fun. I actually get a lot of enjoyment out of this. And slowly, because our marriage was dissolving, all of that went away. I had no passion for cooking anymore. In fact, I would, on my way home, I would stop and grab something fast food and I would run up to my bedroom and that's where I lived. I would eat, watch TV, sleep, do everything I needed to do, living life. I did it all in a bedroom. And that's what happened. That's when I'm saying I need to take ownership for my prison because I created literally a prison for myself. And I made it to where that's where I lived. I didn't have to interact I didn't have to look at him. I didn't have to do anything because I could sit behind those four walls and pretend like he didn't exist. And for a while, it felt safe. It it felt like my oasis. It was my safety harbor, my, my special blankie as, you know, But then it became so small and I started seeking opportunities to get out of the house, away from the prison that I had created. And granted, it took me a long time to get to the place where it felt like a prison. It took a long time. But thank goodness it finally did get there. And I started seeking out new friendships with people, people from work. We'd go, um, I have one good friend. Oh my gosh, she's so special. She would come and meet me for dinner and what have you. It was, it was so good. And, you know, she really helped me through my journey a lot, having gone through a similar journey herself. So it was nice to have somebody to talk to, somebody to commiserate with, um, and someone to kind of pour some positivity into your life, into my life. I needed that. So let me take a moment and encourage you. If you don't have someone who can speak positivity into your life, please find someone because there's nothing better than having a friend or just somebody who can just speak positivity into you. We need that. We need people in our world, in our bubble, who can love us through all of our ugly, through all of our wrong, and even with our right. We need that. You need to build a sisterhood or a brotherhood or a family unit or whatever it is that you feel comfortable, comfortable building because that's what's going to get you through whatever it is you're going through. In fact, in my anger, I had some bitterness as well. And I have one friend who 
said to me, I, I was talking about my situation and to her, I vented to her constantly and thank goodness I could. I'm so grateful that she <laughs> allowed me to just vent whenever I needed to. Oh, I thank God for her all the time. But she says to me one time, she goes, uh, Marie, that's sounding like bitterness right there. Oh, and let me tell you, that put me on pause. And it made me evaluate what it was I was saying and how I was saying it. And I do not want to be a bitter person. Bitterness can eat at your soul. It can eat at your mind and it can eat at your body. And it was a wake up call for me. So I did something different. I repented of that bitterness. I asked God to release me of my anger and my bitterness. And you know what? I think he did because I worked extremely hard not to be bitter anymore. And I'll ask her every once in a while. I'll bring this up with her every once in a while and say, so do I sound bitter anymore? And she's like, no, <laughs> for which I'm very grateful because I do not want to be a bitter person. Don't want that because that's another prison. Mm -mm, no, I knew I had created enough of a prison for myself that I didn't need even more of a prison and making my world even smaller. So I made a change. I quit the bitterness. I knew my marriage was ending. I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. I just knew in the pit of my stomach that this was it. So I decided to bust out of my prison and do something different for myself. And I am so proud of what I've done. I set myself up for success. I stayed in this relationship for a long time and I stayed because I told you last week I have a we have a daughter together and I needed to be there for her and I needed to give her as many opportunities as possible and if that meant that I stayed that's okay because my life in that moment was not about me it was about our daughter and providing the best life for her I could and a lot of you may argue that point but it's okay because my journey is not your journey. My journey is not everybody else's journey. For some people it is the same, but you know maybe it isn't for you and that's okay. And I'm okay with the fact that I stayed as long as I did because I know we gave her the best home we possibly could being together and not separate. So I set myself up for success. I went back to school. I finished my bachelor's degree in education. And at the age of 45, I had my degree. Didn't graduate with a 4.0. I was very disappointed in that, but it was a 3.92 GPA. I was like, okay, I can deal with that. And then a couple years later, I decided to go back for my master's. And that one I did get a 4.0 in. <laughs> so I have my bachelor's. I have my master's degree. And I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. 
<laughs> which I better hurry up and decide because <laughs> growing up, <laughs> I have a lot less time now than I did. <laughs> but I'm so grateful that I have had recognized the prison that I set up for myself and that I learned how to bust through those prison walls to be able to enter into this life that I currently live right now. There was a lot of heartache. It was a lot of angst. It was a lot of frustration and anger. But coming out of the other side, there is so much beauty. There is so much joy. I can't explain. I can't, I can't explain it enough. The joy that I have in my heart that I get to live the life that I get to live right now. Sure, it's a little lonely because it's just me, myself, and I here. Although, let me tell you, me, myself, and I make the best roommates ever. <laughs> but I'm so grateful to be past the prison walls. So if you find yourself in a prison of your own, bust out. I mean, these types of prisons are the only prisons that it's legally okay to bust out of. And you know what? You need to bust out of it. You need to escape your prison because you can't be the person you need to be or want to be until you're willing to accept the fact that you're in a prison, figure out why you are in that prison and determine your way out. Thank you so much for taking time with me today. I hope that you are able to come away with something that is beneficial for you. And I hope that you learn just how strong you are so that you can bust out of your prison. This is Marie 3.0. Until next time.